News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Hour number two, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. The email is Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. That's calendar with a K. And uh, the Twitter machine handle is at Pete Callender. I try to keep it simple. Alrighty, so uh, this WRAL poll says 44% of likely Republican voters have little to no confidence that their vote in the November 8 election will be counted accurately, a WRAL news poll found. Meanwhile, Democrats and independents overwhelmingly have at least some confidence that their votes will be properly recorded. This was 677 likely North Carolina voters. It has a credibility interval of 4.4 percentage points. Um, what's interesting to me is that there's only really one angle that uh, is is examined here. And it is the angle of, you know, Republicans believe the big lie by Donald Trump that elections are stolen. And so they, that's why they don't have confidence, right? As if we didn't see everything that we saw over the last now, what, three years, two and a half years, oh, almost three years, right? That, like we didn't see the pandemic. We didn't see the changing of election rules. We didn't see the ballot harvesting operation down in Bladen County. I've got an update on that too. There are a bunch of guilty pleas. Like we haven't seen these things. We haven't been made aware of various aspects of the law that have been changed. The end run that uh, Democrat aligned uh, groups and Mark Elias representing them, the Democrat super lawyer, right? That these folks did here in North Carolina in order to change the rules, you know, to to make it easier to vote. But also, that undermines credibility in election integrity. I also found it interesting. I watched yesterday after the uh, after the show was over, I went home and I watched the uh, oral arguments at the North Carolina State Supreme Court over the voter ID bill. And it's kind of comical to me that they were, they were talking about the number of people affected by the voter ID law that was passed in North Carolina, bipartisan, by the way. It was passed along bipartisan lines, uh, bipartisan vote. And they they were going over the data, and they said there were, out of all of the people, there was like, I don't know, a hundred-something people that, uh, I, mean, I forget the number, but it was a hundred or two hundred, something like that. It was a couple hundred, whatever it was, out of, you know, ten and a half million people voting that these people had difficulties voting, but they could vote. There wasn't anybody that was denied a right to vote, but they found people who had some problems voting. But they ended up getting able to vote too. And this is, again, not under a voter ID law. Okay. Because we haven't had voter ID. They've never been able to implement it, right? But that statistical run that they did was evidence that this this was proof that you would disenfranchise voters, this number. And vote fraud is, you know, so rare. It's such a tiny little percentage of all of the votes cast or whatever that it doesn't justify voter ID. So on the one hand, you have a tiny percentage of vote fraud held up as the excuse why you don't secure the elections better, right? Because every I've, I've said this too many times to count, right? Which is you have rules, and by their very nature, rules restrict access by their nature. 
Simply saying you have to be 18 to vote is a restriction. That is disenfranchising to everyone who's under the age of 18, right? Um, If you say we're only going to have early voting for 14 days or 20 days or a month, well, you're disenfranchising everybody who can't vote within that time period. What if I wanted to vote 62 days before the election? How come I can't vote, right? These are all trade-offs. You're trading off access for security, right? The more restrictions that you put in place, the more secure, theoretically, the more secure it'll be. But you then also have more people that would not have access. So you're trying to find a balance. It doesn't make people evil for trying to have balance go in one direction or the other. So if you already have these restrictions in place and you're already you know down this path, and now you're going to hold up this this percentage of the uh, of vote fraud, and you're saying, "Oh, look, it's so small." But on the other hand, you're saying that the number of people who had problems voting was equally small. Well, how come that justifies abandoning integrity measures? If it's such a small percentage for the vote fraud side, why is it not too small for the for the uh, restricted access side? It's not a it's not a compelling or persuasive argument uh, from the folks uh, over at the uh, campaign for social or the Southern Coalition for Social Justice. Michael Bitzer, a Catawba College political scientist who analyzes voting trends, has worked with a bipartisan group of individuals and organizations in an effort to restore confidence in the state's voting processes after former President Donald Trump cast doubt over election systems uh, in the country in his 2020 defeat. And again, so uh, Bitzer, by the way, is obviously part of this effort. Uh, I think it's by the, I think it's the, is it the Brennan Center? It may not be the Brennan Center. I forget what the group is, but they're running around. It's with Bob Orr and Jennifer Roberts, the former mayor here of Charlotte, right? Jennifer Roberts, I believe she's in on this. And Bob Orr, they're going around. Bob Orr is the former state Supreme Court justice, Republican, but he, he bailed on the GOP over Donald Trump. He's a never Trumper. He went after Madison Cawthorn and all this. Like, this is the crew that's going around that is going to lecture us about election integrity. You guys, do you understand, like, Trump supporters do not want to hear from any of you. They're not going to listen to any of you. Why would they? Why would they? Everything you view is through the prism of Trump. Everything. See, I like this is the thing that kills me. I, I mean, not liter- literally here. Don't get your hopes up, lefties. But this is the thing that gets me is you've got supposed experts here, and all they can see is Trump's big lie, Trump's big lie. They don't see Hillary Clinton and the army of media and Democrat allies that advanced the notion that Russia hacked our election. I mean, it's it's literally a parody. For for four years, we heard that. Meanwhile, you have the intelligence community going after a sitting president and his allies and his aides and advisors, right? Trying to put together legal cases to get him impeached, to get him tried and convicted and tossed out of office and exercise the 25th Amendment and all this. Do you think that might have a, I don't know, a little bit to do with people's lack of trust in another institution? Of course it does. The left has been making these arguments for a very long time. We remember. We remember the violence when Donald Trump was sworn into office. I do. 
I remember the violent clashes in the streets of D.C. I remember how they surrounded the White House and tried to burn down a church, right? They were trying to break down the barriers to get into the White House to do what exactly? Well, what was the mob going to do to Donald Trump when they were screaming for his head outside of the grounds? This idea that I have to pick one or the other, it's either, you know, uh, Trump's big lie and that's the reason for it all, or Trump's fantastic and he does nothing wrong. I don't have to choose between those two options. There are all sorts of other options from which to choose. I could say a little from column A and a little from column B. I can say both of that. Uh, both of those things are true. Michael Bitzer said Trump's questioning of mail-in voting and unproven claims of mass election fraud in key swing states is the driving force behind Republicans' skepticism. Some. Yes, some. Well, how about this, though? Um, Mail-in voting, what we saw, like in California, you realize they're allowed to do ballot harvesting now. You realize, like, all of the ballots that are always found late at night or day after in the trunks of cars, they always go for Democrats. Maybe that's coincidental. But at some point, it is less logical to doubt something is going on than it is to think something is going on. Why do all the mistakes go the same way? Here's another question. I don't have an answer for it either. But uh, what what happened with all of the uh, the counting getting shut down in the different swing states at the same time on election night? What, what was up with that? Why did that happen? Why do certain precincts in Charlotte always come back late? What's up with that? Me asking that question is not a threat to democracy. That's actually trying to protect the integrity of the election. And if you don't have an answer for that, that doesn't make me a wild-eyed conspiracy theorist, right? That just means you don't have an answer for the question. And if you're going to be telling me and lecturing me that I need to trust all the results, then you damn well better figure out an answer to some of these questions. Experts that you are. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Going over this WRAL story by Brian Anderson about the poll that WRAL put out into the field. 677 likely North Carolina voters. It has a credibility interval of 4.4 percentage points. It's similar to a margin of error, but takes into account more factors and is considered by some pollsters to be a more accurate measurement of statistical certainty. So what does it say? Well, this they asked a lot of questions. I read through the cross tabs, all you know, the different questions that they asked. It's a pretty lengthy poll. But their story, they did a couple different stories because they asked a bunch of different questions out of it. It's usually what you do. You're like, hey, we're going to put a poll out. Let's get a bunch of different questions so we can generate news stories, right? Rush Limbaugh used to talk about that. This, these polls are put out into the field in order to create a story for the news organization that puts the poll out into the field. So uh, there is a bit of a thumb on the scale from the very beginning, from its inception. And then they go and they ask people to comment on the results of the poll. And uh, that's what they did here. They went to Catawba College political scientist Michael Bitzer and asked him about, hey, uh, why do 44% of likely Republican voters have little to no confidence that their vote is going to be counted accurately? And Bitzer gives the standard 
expected and pedestrian answer of Donald Trump. Donald Trump told them, and so uh, nobody believes it. And look, I don't deny there are people that believe that their vote is not going to count because of Donald Trump told them that. I, I believe there are people that are like that. I also believe there are a lot of people that uh, have other questions separate and apart from whether or not they support Trump. Uh, they have other questions about election integrity because it seems like <laughs> just stop me if this sounds totally crazy, but it seems like there's one political party that is really, 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 really interested in having like no rules at all for voting. Right. I mean, in California, you're allowed now to to ballot harvest. That's just nuts. I think that was uh, Paul Ryan that said that. That that right wing Trumper he is, <laughs> right? Paul Ryan, former Speaker of the House, aka not a Trumper. Even he was suspicious of what California was doing with the ballot harvesting uh, operations and the, the laws that allowed it. The stripping away of election integrity measures, the, the, the fight against voter ID everywhere in all its forms, even its most expansive form, as it is in North Carolina. They literally heard arguments yesterday at the North Carolina State Supreme Court over the voter ID law because they don't want voter ID, even though it is the most liberal application of the law. I mean... There are so many different forms of ID that you can use. And get this, if you show up to vote and you don't have an ID, you get to still vote. It's like a voter ID in name only. It's like a V-I-N-O or V-I-N-O. It's voter ID in name only. Or maybe it would be Vidino. Right? I mean, they would go back and double check afterwards, but you still get to cast a provisional ballot. Who is being prevented from voting here? The WRAL news poll found that, uh, oh, wait, hang on a second. Let me back up. There was a, another quote here from Dr. Bitzer who says, a lot of that certainly gets laid at the feet of the former president who continuously reinforced the idea of, if I lose, the system must have been rigged. That is not a basic American norm or principle. And wrong. Wrong. It is. History is rife with presidential candidates who claim that they were cheated. For real. I mean, the Democrats in 2000 were not, that was not the first time that they claimed shenanigans had prevented them from winning, and they're not the first uh, uh, losing political party or presidential candidate to do so. It's not a basic American norm or principle. Right, right. Clean elections, that's the American norm. That's the American principle, right? We all know about clean elections. We always run clean elections all over the place, all the time, right? Isn't that the case? Because we had the big announcement way back when in the day after we had had all of the problems in years past with, you know, vote buying and patronage and spoils system and vote buying and all of that stuff. And they remember there was like, hey, this big announcement. They said, all right, no more election fraud, everybody. We all agree on this day. And everybody in America raised their hand and swore a blood oath. Uh, uh, They bound their... Their kinfolk and every one of their descendants to the blood oath. Remember that? No, of course not. It didn't happen. I've gone through examples of vote fraud in North Carolina within the last 20 years. I have given examples of this. And you're going to tell me that 
somehow or another, this is all just uh, in my imagination. People that get charged with vote fraud. You got four people that just pleaded guilty to uh, the in the absentee ballot harvesting scheme with McCray Dallas in Bladen County that cost Mark Harris that congressional race. Oh, but it doesn't happen. But but I should have confidence in the system. Well, this just shows the system worked. Did it? Would it have worked if Mark Harris was a Democrat and it was a Democrat Board of Elections? Or better yet, would it have worked if Dan McCready had pulled that off? If Dan McCready had won, doing the exact same thing, or not, not that Harris did anything, there was never any proof. They've dropped all investigations into Harris. It was some guy that he hired. If McCready had done it and he had won... And the Democrat-controlled Board of Elections, what, you think they would have said, no, no, wait, 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 let's not certify this. We need to look more closely at this. Do you think that would have happened? When Roy Cooper sued in order to keep the Board of Elections under partisan control appointed by him, does that inspire confidence? Does that inspire confidence for me, a registered, unaffiliated, albeit a right-leaning voter? Um, does that inspire confidence for me? That the Board of Elections is operating above board. Right? That they're they're going to be free of partisan taint. When the governor sues over a law that would make the Board of Elections nonpartisan and evenly split among appointments so as to not be this partisan body, and all the votes come down three, two, three, two, three, two, along party lines. Am I supposed to be inspired by that? Am I supposed to have more confidence in that system? No, but you're going to gaslight me with Bob Orr and Jennifer Roberts. You're going to gaslight me, Dr. Bitzer? Come on. I think I'm a little too bright for your gaslight, to quote Lee Smith. The WRAL um, news poll found 15% of GOP respondents have full confidence that their vote will be counted accurately. Do I have full confidence that my vote's going to get counted accurately? No, not full confidence. I'm somewhat confident. I always, I mean, there's always a matter of, you know, of trust. That's what this comes down to. That's all this is, that you're trusting that the counting is going to occur and it'll be legitimate when it does, right? That's what we're talking about. You got to have faith. But what has the Board of Elections done to maintain my faith in its processes. And don't tell me, look, and I understand there are a lot of people that don't understand how votes are tabulated, how the election process works. I'm not one of them. All right. I understand. I understand the rules. I'm not one of them. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. The phone numbers are 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. You can also email Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. WRAL reports on their polling. Over the past two years, election officials in North Carolina have faced an onslaught of complaints, records requests, and intimidation from election skeptics, including many who deny the results of the 2020 presidential election. Here's your thumb on the scale by Brian Anderson, the reporter. Right? The concerns that people had in 2020 were driven in large measure by the rule changes that Democrats enacted due to COVID. Now, you can defend the rule changes all you want, but when the Attorney General of North Carolina enters into an agreement with the parties that are suing him and the Democrat-controlled Board of Elections, 
and the Democrat governor and the attorney general is a Democrat. You got all this Democrat on Democrat action and they settle an agreement and don't tell the legislative defendants, the Republicans, they don't tell them about the deal. And they basically rewrite the law. That sows distrust. That sows distrust. And then you give people like Donald Trump an opening to come in and say, this is why you shouldn't trust the results. Donald Trump did not cause North Carolina Democrats to change election laws. Donald Trump did not cause North Carolina Democrats to fight against voter ID and to sue every single iteration of the law. Try to upend the will of the voters, the democracy, dare I say it, that instituted as in our Constitution a voter ID requirement. That was not Donald Trump. That was you guys. Let me go over here to Stan. Hey, Stan, welcome to the program. How's it going? All right, Pete here, two things. First of all, in terms of the, of the voting, when the when the Democrats lose an election or it's reported that they've lost one, they can't possibly have lost because that many people could not possibly have thought that 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 that, that, that they were more that, that they were more moral than the Democrats were. So they hunt for the fraud because there had to be some because they couldn't possibly have lost, and they gravitate to the nearest option that that, that fits. So, so, so secondly. When the uh, when the uh, when the election is over, in, in terms of cheating, the Democrats basically see it as a choice of a lesser of two evils. They see cheating as the lesser of the two evils of having a Republican win. So when you talk about this, the fact that you're being logical, you can't do that. They're Democrats. They just think they're more moral than us. <laughs> well, in all things, when you believe that your enemy is evil, then... Uh, a great many terrible things can be justified in fighting evil. Um, this right. is, and, 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 and that's what we're talking about here. So when you use logic to talk about it, you can. They're just Democrats, and they think they're right. more moral than us. Right. My yeah, and my argument is being made to the uh, uh, to the representatives of the institutions that are so so worried about the norms being eroded. And what I'm trying to point out here is that they are part of the problem. Right. They are, they are uh, like in this example, they are casting this uh, story as orange man bad. And they cannot break free of this worldview uh, that, that filters everything through Donald Trump. Do I believe that Donald Trump hurt um, uh, confidence in elections? Yeah, absolutely. He's been going around for four years uh, saying that the elections were stolen and rigged, just like Hillary Clinton did. Just like I believe she undermined confidence in the elections. Just like I believe when people did it in 2000, they were undermining confidence in the elections. Absolutely. All of that can be true. And to different degrees uh, and with different people, right? And maybe in a couple right. of years, if Trump if Trump runs again and he wins, then maybe people's confidence is restored. I don't know. I, I don't know. But I just, I find it, uh, I find it narrow and dare I say just a tad bigoted to, uh, to, to chalk it all up to... Donald Trump, when there are all of these other uh, factors at play, particularly in North Carolina. Right, yes. Right, well, I love your show. I listen to you, try to listen to you every day if I can. Well, thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. And, oh, you know what? Here's the good news, Dan, that if you don't get to hear it, uh, you get the podcast. All right, thanks. All right, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, you can get the podcast on all your major podcasting platforms, as well as uh, WBT.com. By the way, on Thursday, 8 o'clock, Bo and Beth, 
from Good Morning BT. Oh, I finally got to use my line today. I saw them both out in the parking lot. I was, I was walking in, and I said, Good morning, BTs. Eh? 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 Okay. So, uh, yeah, so they're going to be doing the uh, Talktoberfest first edition, the first episode of this year's WBT Talktoberfest. It is a live stream. It's on the Facebook or FaceTube, as I call it. And uh, they're going to talk about news of the day. Uh, they probably will talk about, I don't know, music. I found out today that uh, that apparently Beth Trauman used to lick CDs in order to fix them. And I use that term very, very loosely to fix them when they got scratched. I have never heard of of such a theory. I've never, never heard that. You lick a CD, and that means that it's now not scratched. I cannot explain it. I can. <laughs> that's all I know. I found that out today. I'm sure there will be uh, other things we find out on the live stream Thursday, 8 o'clock. And uh, we're going to do them every Thursday. Vince and I will do Thursday, October 13th. And then Mark Garrison and Brett Jensen on the 20th. And Brett Winnable and Bo and Beth on the 27th. 8 o'clock every Thursday night in October for Talktoberfest 2022. Presented by Kristen Bernard and Power Home Team Keller Williams South Park. Go to WBT.com for the details. So, um, North Carolina election officials say that they are increasingly concerned about the ability of poll workers to carry out their functions amid increased hostility. This is funny to me, too. First off, um, don't be hostile at the election places, okay, people? Like, you're going to be at the polling places. Don't be, don't be jerks, right? Now, that being said, they're always asking for volunteers. They're always asking for people to help with the administration of the elections. Oh, oh, oh not you people. <laughs> right? Like, this is the message that is coming across. Oh, you know, we asked for people to come help us administer the elections, but uh, now they show up and they complain about how the elections are being administered. How dare they? North Carolina State Board of Elections, which includes three Democrats and two Republicans, unanimously voted in August to clarify, quote unquote, clarify, rules for partisan election observers after several counties reported run ins with aggressive poll watchers during the May primary. Yeah, wouldn't it be great if we could take some of the partisanship out of the administration of elections? There are ways to do it, by the way. There are better systems to be implemented that would inspire confidence, that would be very, very secure, and would turn down the heat on this. Of course, it would require a willingness by the people in power to want to make a change. And right now, those people in power do not want to change. They don't want to change. I'm sorry, is that... Is that anti, I'm sorry, am I undermining confidence in the election? Is this pro-Trump? Is that Donald Trump said all of that? No. Meanwhile, in Georgia, a federal judge just ruled that the state's election practices, while, quote, not perfect, do not violate the Constitution, nor do they violate the Voting Rights Act of 1965. And that shut down the challenge by a group associated with the governor in exile, Stacey Abrams. about the Epic Center. Yeah? News Talk 1110-993-WBT. That's going to sound really weird on the podcast. There's a promo that was running about names for the new, for the Epicenter. They changed it to like the Charlotte Quarter or the Quarter Charlotte or what is it, a Quarter Charlotte? Queen City Quarter. 
the QCQ, QCQ. Oh my gosh. Anyway, um, and I just offering up a suggestion at Pete Center because that was the epicenter. Whatever. Federal judge ruled Friday that Georgia's election practices, while not perfect, do not violate the Constitution or the Voting Rights Act. This was a defeat for the group associated with the governor in exile, Stacey Abrams. She was defeated by the Republican, Brian Kemp. I mean, if you believe those results. Kemp defeated Abrams by more than 54,000 votes to become governor. Abrams has never conceded to Kemp and has claimed the 2018 election was stolen from Georgians, which is not, uh, that's not, that's not possible. Not possible. I mean, it's possible, I guess, that the election was stolen from Georgians, but it's not possible that she would be saying these things because only Donald Trump says these things. The lawsuit was filed by the Fair Fight Action Group and Care in Action Group. Yeah, I don't, don't know why the... Whatever. Doesn't matter. Initially, they sought a massive overhaul of the state's election system, and by the time the case went to trial earlier this year, the suit focused on several specific election processes, including the state's exact match policy for voter registration applications. Exact match policy. Right? That is, the information on the application has to match the information in the databases. Just to be clear, the information on your application has to match the information that's in the databases. Like for Social Security, driver's license, that sort of thing. This is an exact match. Has to be a match. uh, Yeah, clearly suppression, right? I mean, clearly it's suppression. County election officials, uh, the groups claimed, uh, were given inadequate training and incorrect training materials. Uh, They also accused them of mismanaging the voter registration database. And uh, they say that the policies negatively impacted people of color and new citizens. By the way, is this undermining election integrity when groups sue and make these kinds of accusations that county election officials are not adequately trained uh, or got the wrong materials in their training or that they are mismanaging voter registration databases? Does that undermine election integrity or confidence rather? Does that undermine people's confidence when you have groups that are suing making those claims? Because that's not Trump. A lawyer for state election officials defended the rules and argued that the state's automatic voter registration policy and recent increase in voter registration among black residents are both pieces of evidence that the state is actually not suppressing voters. Right. You actually have more people registering now. You have, yeah. That seems, seems like it would be a bit of uh, persuasive evidence. Fair fight, one of the groups, fair fight, collected testimony from more than 3,000 voters and very few were actually unable to cast a ballot. None of the voters said that they could not cast a ballot in 2020. So out of 3,000 people that they brought in to provide testimony about how they were being suppressed, none of them were prevented from voting in 2020. Does that undermine confidence in the election? A couple other things here. Um... You hear a lot about democracy. This is from Emily Finley, Wall Street Journal. The phrase, a threat to democracy, 
is so commonplace in America these days it hardly carries any meaning, except that it encapsulates the reigning ideology of our time, an ideology so pervasive that it almost goes unnoticed. It's like the air we breathe. It is called, or she calls it, democratism. It is an imaginative and idealistic understanding of popular rule that disdains ordinary people and looks to a cadre of so-called experts to operate the levers of power. So under this ideology of democratism, you got democracy and the people. These are rhetorical cover for the will of the elites. Think of social media's censorship of misinformation in the name of supporting democracy. How is it that censorship passes as upholding free expression? This is a form of what James Lindsay has, I think, correctly identified. He of newdiscourses.com. James Lindsay has identified uh, as Gnosticism. Gnosticism, the old Gnostics, right? These were the people that, that knew things. They were the ones who were the gatekeepers. They would decipher things for you. They knew. They had the knowledge. And then they would tell you things based on their knowledge. They would pass judgment based on their knowledge, their wisdom. So if you want entry into the, into the, you know, the cadre of the Gnostics, right, you have to be credentialed to gain that kind of access. The elites, this is a form of Gnosticism that we are seeing right now. They know, quote, the truth. Like Orange Man Bed, for example. 